Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Unconfirmed, Mark Dykton, but I believe they registered an earthquake up in the Kokomo region yesterday, uh, ironically enough, at the same time that Jeff Saturday banged the anvil. I mean, that checks out. He wailed on that thing. Incredible force. Lucas Oil Stadium was shaking right after that. And Jeff Saturday joins us now like he does every day after a Colts game. Jeff, that was some impressive brute strength by you on the anvil. The old boy still got it, right? A little <laughs> undersized nowadays, but he still got that. You know what I mean? Felt, felt pretty good. It was a little heavier than I anticipated. I was a little nervous, but it ended up turning all right. <laughs> I, I didn't know if it was the Tariq Glenn jersey that you were rocking that maybe gave you a little bit something extra there, but uh, that was that, that was quite the scene. Oh, brother, I loved it. That, so when they asked me to do it, uh, I told him, I said, the only way I'm doing it, man, you give me a Glenn jersey, and, and, and I'm keeping it. It's going home. It's going to be put up in my office. Uh, for just an incredible memory, man. It was it was unbelievable, and to see uh, to see everybody, but to be up there wearing a '78, man, I couldn't have, couldn't have had more pride about that than I did. Well, also, if he if he didn't give it his all, you know, Peyton and the boys would never have let him live it oh, down. Of course not. Oh, it is. This is no joke. I'm not even off the little stage that you're on when Manning had already tweeted, I mean, already uh, uh, texted it to me. So I knew, <laughs> I told I knew, I knew they were going to have that thing. Any screw up by me, bro, would have never been lived down. So there was, there's a lot more pressure than people think. It wasn't just, it wasn't just for the fans. There were a lot of old heads there that would have given me all kinds of grief that, yeah, so the, so, so the concern was real. You know, the nerves were real. <laughs> you knew exactly who you were walking back to in that suite afterwards. Uh, <laughs> want to talk right. more about a special weekend here in a bit, but let's start with the game. And I want to begin with Sam Ellinger. Um, Jeff, just your overall thoughts on his first start and how he performed. Man, probably a, a, a little better than expected, to be frank with you. I mean, I um... – uh, you know, I, I thought he, he battled it. It was, you know, when a guy's coming in, hadn't thrown, you know, hadn't thrown a pass, and he thought, you know, it's going to take some time. But I thought he found rhythm at the end of the game. You know, the, the, the Pittman drop on the final drive, the ball can't be placed any better. Uh, and I'm not sure you're going to have a bigger moment in your first game as a quarterback, you know, with a chance to go go take it down. And unfortunately, the play's not made. But from a quarterback position, um, you know, you leave the team with a lead, uh, and when you when you were trying to come back, you put the ball right in the spot that you, you you're you're trying to. Um, both of those kind of check the box, man. You know, and and uh, I, I look forward to them involving him more in the run game. I would say, you know, getting more touches at um, kind of rounding out the offense that I think can be run with him. But but as far as like, if I had to give him a grade, I would say better than expected, which has to give you a uh, you know has to give you some confidence going into next week. What did you think Sam Ellinger did best yesterday, and where was an element he might need to improve on going forward? Decision making. You know, I, I think people under underestimate how how hard it is um, to know where to go with the ball in, in time. You know, like people, you know, especially media people, you'll hear people talk about you know the guy's throwing the ball on time when the foot hits the ground, the ball's coming up. So that means that you not only have to read the the the, the coverages pre-snap. When the ball is snapped, they're going from a disguised look to whatever they're truly running. Being able to figure that out in real time, the game is much faster 
than people give it credit for. And I think he did a good job of just making sure he didn't make the mistake um, that's going to ultimately cost you the game. You know what I mean? And, and then, and really that's, uh, that's half the battle coming in is just making sure, look, you're, you're going to have those gunslinger opportunities where you can, you know, you can let the ball rip and hope somebody makes a play, but uh, that can't be a consistent uh, staple of your diet. And so I thought, I thought he did a good job of, of figuring that out. And, and again, man, this is, you know, I, 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 I even talking to, uh, to, to Mr. Ursay and everybody, you know, this is not a fast fix. Like this is hard work. And, and so I'm appreciative that that uh, of, of what Sam's doing, and but I, I don't think people understand the undertaking. They think it's just like a plug and play. It is not. It, this is going to be. It's going to take some time, but that decision making gives you a lot of hope as well. Okay, Jeff Saturday is with us, fresh off banging the anvil in town to see his boy Tart Glenn go up into the Ring of Honor. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Jeff, I almost found it fitting and unfortunately in a losing way that the Colts have a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. And I thought something that your era did so often was just found a way to finish. The key third down conversion to keep a drive alive, ice more clock, win the game. You know, 98 and 93 coming off the edge, making a big sack when you need it the most. And whether it was Taylor Heineke extending plays and keeping drives alive, the Colts' inability to sustain drives in the fourth quarter, it just seems like that, to me, kind of sums up, if you're a good football team, if you're a quality football team, you find a way to finish that off yesterday. Yeah, no, you, you're 100% right. you you, you got to find ways to win. Um, and when you have a lead, you have to find ways to protect the lead. And I think so much of that goes into situational football. Um, and, and it was what we were really excellent at. And I think good football teams are – I mean, you think about Buffalo last night, man. Buffalo, they don't play great in the second half, right? I mean, they start out hot as fire, and they're – they're doing everything right, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like they kind of stumble a little bit or lose focus, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, on a fourth and four, Von Miller and Johnson make a great play off the edge. It's it's those kinds of moments in games where situationally your players have to go execute and make the plays. And to your point, how teams stay in playoff contention, how they win divisions, is they find ways to, to break the will of the other team. And you, you saw it in Tennessee, or not in Tennessee, but against Houston yesterday, um, you know, riding what they do. And our problem is, and, and you know, we can, we can point a number of different ways, but what's the identity when that moment happens? And so what are we going to lean on? What are we going to do? Who's going to be our go-to? Um, and right now they're just trying to find it. And, and it's, it's unfortunate because, to your point, when you have the lead, especially when you're 3-3-1, three, three, and one, you got the lead against a, an opponent that you feel like you should win and let that one go. That's, that's a brutal way to finish it out. He's banging anvils and taking names. His name's Jeff Saturday. He's former Colts center and current ESPN analyst. He's joining Kevin and Query on the Payless Liquors hotline. Jeff, what are your thoughts on Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly this season? You, you've obviously been on the offensive line before. Are you seeing some issues that they both are having? What's going on with them? Because they both seem to be struggling this season. Yeah, I don't think either of them have. I mean, I, I think Kelly played well the first three games um, of, of the season. You know, I would have graded him winning performances in those first three. He kind of stumbled uh, the last few weeks. And, and, you're, and you're looking at, um, I mean, even, even uh, you know, at, at all three. I mean, if you go 72, 56, 78, like those are, those are our guys, right? Those are the guys that we're, um, that we're leaning on. That's going to be the foundation of this offensive line. And, um, yeah, they've all had issues. And, and unfortunately, they're not like just schematic issues. They've had issues at times, um, you know, one-on-ones and, and 
you know, key moments and all those kinds of things. And uh, it's, it's a battle, man. I mean, it, it, it's a true battle in there. And, and um, you know, th- this is, this is the part of the team that, you, you know, you were expecting to carry the team and with obviously with Jonathan Taylor and that just has not uh, materialized yet, but not enough displacement. I mean, if I had to point it down to things that, that I look at uh, throughout the league, we, we don't we don't displace enough guys, and that's that's uh, when you have a guy you have a runner as good as Jonathan Taylor. You got to displace people. You got to move hats. You got to push bodies around. Um, and that physicality right now, we just have not we have not done that on a consistent basis. And I mean, you think about yesterday. I think Taylor had uh, I think he averaged four a little over uh, four and a half yards a carry, but one carry was huge. And Hines the same way. I think he averaged you know, right at four yards of carry, but over half his yardage was on one, you know, one, one carry. And, and so, um, you know, numbers don't always tell you everything, but those, those kinds of things tell you that we're not, we're not consistently pushing people around, right? We're not, we're not grounding up guys. We're not pushing bodies. It's explosive run here and there. And overall the numbers will look fine, but that's not, that's not what this offense wants to be. This offense wants to be when we punch you in the face and continue punching you until in the fourth quarter we make, break big runs. And and um, so just, just haven't met that goal yet. Jeff, I want to uh, talk a, probably a little bit more about happier thoughts about you guys getting together this weekend. Uh, obviously a lot of offensive line flavor with Tart going into the ring of honor. When you guys do have these reunion-type weekends, uh, what's the story that gets brought up the most? Oh man, dude! First of all, all the stories are so much bigger and so much more grand <laughs> than in reality. But that makes it all the more fun, right? So uh, Saturday night we had a dinner, and uh, man, I cannot tell you how much we laughed. Uh, stayed out way too late. Just enjoyed the heck out of each other. But every story is told, you know, like when we first met guys, uh, what they were like, and then how, you know how guys changed and evolved. Uh, but Ryan Lilger was there. Dylan Gandy was there. Myself, Bone, Dallas Clark, Hunter Smith. Like we, we had uh, a number. Uh, Larry Moore, who I, I, mean, I don't know if you guys would remember Larry. He played a few years early on in my career. Uh, you know, he, he showed up for it. Um, and, and, man, when you start talking O-line, like there's not a more endearing group, I would tell you. You know what I mean? And, but, but when we're on you, when we're on somebody – it's like going to be for real on, you know what I mean? And I like, I'm sitting there with Ryan Dean and we're talking about Ryan Lilja. And the first time he came in, he has his chiefs bag tag on his bag. I think we met in new England because he had just been traded. And we're like, Oh, I'm my bad dog. Are you in the wrong locker room? You know what I mean? Like, like those, those kinds of things. So Deemer and I, who we played together forever. And uh, so we're, man, there's so many, we call them tabs. So many tabs were opened up on guys. Thank God we don't find each other anymore because we'd all be freaking broke, dude, for all the things that we did and said to each other. But uh, such love in that room, man. So much fun and joy. And uh, man, God, just, I'm so grateful I was a part of that group. Uh, I do want to get your thoughts. When Jim Mercer was up there, he called Tarek kind of one of the most beloved Colts. It seems like kind of yeah. universally liked. I assume you would uh, nod your head at that. Oh, brother, it's not. not, not there's no question. I, I mean, I, I told everybody. I mean, he was one of. The, he, he is a magnet. You know, like like his personality is, and he is a giant of a human. I, I, I can remember us walking in stores. And, you know, because he and I, like, we carpooled together every day. And, you know, left, we lived in the same neighborhood. Our families were super close. So we would drive in places, man, going, you know, going into some gas station. We walk in. And, like, the whole world 
like stops to look at this huge guy who's like darkening the door, right? He, he has to duck his head to get in the door. You know what I mean? He, heaven forbid if Dean's with us. And it's like, it's like a circus is in town. You know what I mean? But he walks in, he's got this great big smile, um, loves people, man. People love him. He, he and his wife, Maya, man, they, they love Indy and the community dream alive. Like the, the, the what they started, but, I'm telling you, man, I don't know that there's a more liked individual in the world, and it's deservedly so, man. He is a kindest soul um, that you've ever been around. And I'll share a quick story with you because this this was one that was brought up but not one that's talked about much. And Lil, Ryan Lilja talked about this with, uh, with Deemer and I. We're all sitting there, but we had an issue in Jacksonville, and this was when Stroud um, and, and big John Henderson were there too, kind of stalwarts there in the middle, right? And so we would go at it. And uh, Lil just said he, you know, he's, he had just came to Indy, and one of them stirred something up with Tarek, and he said, I see Sat go at him like a freaking pit bull. I got fined for it, you know, the whole deal with the NFL. We're throwing hands and getting penalties and, do, and doing all of it. And I remember Lil, you know, Lil just goes, that's when I knew this was freaking real. Like, the love is real. And I'm telling you, bro, I don't care where we were, how we would do it. it I'm riding with my man Bone. That is that is an incredible human being uh, that that uh, is one of my close friends in, in, in the world, pre-football. I mean, post-football included. He is uh, he is a great human being and one that everybody uh, would love to be around. Man, I'm fortunate to have him and call him a friend. He's Jeff Saturday joining us on the Payless Liggers Hotline. Jeff, last one for me. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it's Halloween today. Uh, do you get dressed up in a Halloween costume? Uh, I do not. Not today. I used to. I used to quite a bit, but now I'm traveling. So I'm actually in Connecticut and New York today. So I will not be dressed up. I will be uh, in my ESPN attire uh, doing work. My wife will be dressed up. She's going to help her sister do some kind of she's a teacher. And so she's going to do some kind of thing. So they're all dressed up. And uh, but we used to do Halloween parties at the house where we would give out trophies. And I cannot tell you the amount of fun and money spent on costumes coming <laughs> over to the Saturday household, bro. It was, uh, we, I mean, the Vinatieri's one time, I, I think they got there at like 11 because their makeup took so long. Uh, and they came in as, 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 uh, zombies. And it was like, ID. I mean, it was, it couldn't have been even, it, it was like movie set stuff. Right. I mean, people came in as kiss. Uh, we had an absolute ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I love it. But today, unfortunately I will be a boring, uh, ESPN analyst, and and that's unfortunate, but that's how it is. <laughs> and what's your what's your favorite Halloween candy? Oh, that's a great. Probably uh, I'm I'm a, I'm a Reese's uh, I'm a Reese's Cups guy, and mm-hmm. I'm a Pieces guy. I'm. What about you guys? Oh, Reese's. I got Reese's and just uh, many little Hershey's uh, already in the yeah. bucket, ready to yeah. go. Reese's oh, gets it done. I'd, I'd be double dipping your house, <laughs> costumes, and come back. <laughs> where, where does Halloween rank on the power holiday power rankings for you? Oh, I'd say it's three for me. I'm a big Thanksgiving guy. I mean, obviously, I love to eat. So eating and being around everybody and then not having to worry about, like, gifts, I'm a huge fan of. <laughs> then, I would say, then I would say Christmas, and then, it'd be, then, it would be, uh, then it would be Halloween for me. So that's my, that's my order of, uh, of fun for holiday. Well, on the Jeff Saturday agenda today, along with, obviously, his ESPN uh, obligations, probably the ice bath after the anvil yesterday for Jeff Saturday. <laughs> for sure. Jeff. With a Reese's peanut butter cup on the side. Right. Obviously. Obviously. There you go. No doubt. No doubt. Jeff, glad you had such a blast in Indy this weekend. And uh, as always, thank you, man. I uh, love you, fellas. Y'all be good. Have a great one. That's a great Jeff Saturday right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline.
We'll do it one final time here. Kevin and Clary on a Halloween morning.